0: Um, for those, I, I think everybody knows me. Um, but my name is Timothy and I'm a local minister in this church. Um, it's really great to be able to bring God's word to you this morning, and I'm very humbled. Um, but you know, God is so good. <laughs> this message this morning, um, I have been thinking on this and praying about what God would have me speak, and He literally, um, there was lots going on and going through and. The sermon actually just come around at the end of the week. So, <clears throat> um, with not having a piano player today, my dad said, "Pick songs that I can do." And so he he actually picked all the songs. And so he had no idea when he picked the songs what my sermon was about, and I didn't know what he had picked. But you're gonna see that God has it all worked out. And so that just kind of gets me even extra excited because God has something He wants to do today. And so. Um, We're going to look at 1 Peter. Um, Most of our main message is from 1 Peter today, 1 Peter 1. Um, But we're going to go other places as well. But um, we're going to turn to 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 9, and then we're going to skip down to 13 to 23. So it says, Praise be to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed for the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with the inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Then going down to verses 13 to 23, it says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you have called on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverence here. so that your faith and hope are in God. (laughs) Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Great. I just want to pray real quick again, um, and then we'll get started. Father God, I just pray that um, you would just hide me behind the cross, Lord. May these be your words and not mine. I pray that you would just um, remove anything that shouldn't be said and give me the inspiration to say what needs to be said. In your name I pray. Amen. Alright, so, um, as I was thinking of this, who remembers the Got Milk? campaign? Got Milk. Okay, so in 1995 until 2015, there was a multitude of posters and ads that had celebrities posing with milk mustaches and the word got milk, um, along with some different facts about milk consumption. So, next, there we go. I mean, they had supermodels, they had actors, actresses, professional athletes, even Kermit had his day. Um, It's interesting though, when I was researching this campaign, that it actually started out of milk deprivation. When they did the study, um, the first focus group, they made them live without milk for a week. They couldn't drink milk, they couldn't use milk in any anything. And uh, that was actually the first ads that they had um, were... It was, so the very first, one of the very first ads was actually a guy in the shop and he was eating a peanut butter sandwich. And his mouth was really sticky and he got a phone call. He could win $10,000 if he knew the answer to the question. And they couldn't understand him because of his milk full of peanut butter. And at the end, when he didn't win the money, he says, got milk. And that was like one of the first ads. And so they did some of those where people are like eating cookies and, you know, they don't have milk. And so it was, it was that, that was how it started. It was the deprivation and looking for milk. Um, and then they swapped it to this here ad where people had their milk mustaches, so they have milk. Um, and they actually, uh, only used actors and actresses, people that actually drank milk. That was the qualification of being in this. I mean, of course, other than government and um, things that aren't real, but but that was, that was the criteria for um, being in this campaign. They had to really drink milk. Um, the campaign lasted about 20 years, um, and I know I remember seeing tons of these, and even to this day, still sometimes I hear the got milk thing. Um, So, this this all being said, um, my question for today, or maybe the topic of my sermon, is going to be, got hope. Um, Do you have hope? Now, what is hope? One definition of the word hope says a feeling of expectation and desire of certain things to come. Another definition says a feeling of trust. Now, both of these definitions are great. Um, Wikipedia says that hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on expectation of a positive outcome with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or in the world at large. And as a verb, its definitions include expect with confidence um, and to cherish a a desire with anticipation. And, you know, whenever... (laughs) Um, We look at our world around us and the things that are going on in our world, I mean, from the pandemic that we just went through to the wars going on, just different things that are going on all over our world, it can seem that our world is deprived of hope, Um, that we have a lot of hopeless people. And people might think things do look hopeless. now, I feel like the world in general and people are asking us, as believers, do we got hope? You know, I think, um, as believers, we can see what our answer should be. First Peter, I've already read this, but now we're going to go into the in smaller, smaller section. So, First Peter, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5 says, Praise be to God and to, sorry. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So, as believers, we have something more. Something even better than those definitions of hope. We have... A living hope. Jesus is our living hope. That means we don't have to just be optimistic. Um, we can know for sure what God has done for us and what God is doing for us. Um, and that's a sure thing. The hope that we have in God is not just some fairy tale hope that everything's going to eventually turn out good in the end. This is a for sure hope. The Bible tells us multiple times that God cannot lie. He just can't. He's perfect. He's holy. There's no deceit in God. Um, And so, if God says it's true, it's true. And as believers, we know what Jesus did in coming to earth, leaving heaven, um, coming to earth as a tiny baby, growing up, living a life without sin, and then going to the cross, dying an excruciating death on the cross, but not staying dead, but raising again, Coming back to life, conquering death, as we've sung about in lots of the songs, you know. Um, and then, and then, not just that, he has he has uh, ascended back into heaven, and he's on the right hand of, of God, and he all, even now he's interceding for us. Jesus is alive, living. He's he's our sure thing. He's our living hope, um, and so you know. Uh, I just think, whenever, um, yeah, I, I love, of course, I love sharing Jesus with anybody and everybody, um, and I tell the kids, you know, kids can Reviews, That's why I do what I do because I love to share with Jesus, um, and and the fact that Jesus did all these things. I mean, his death on the cross and his resurrection, that. Conquers our sins, mine, yours um, But not only that That he's alive, he's in heaven But um, Jesus going back to heaven I said, you know That's a gift in itself um, I love how Jesus says you know, He can't stay because he has something for us He has the gift of the Holy Spirit And so um, As believers, even though Jesus is in heaven Right now, he has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit Which is God himself, which is Jesus So when we ask him into our hearts we have the Holy Spirit in us. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> we have what we need to be ready when Jesus is, is going to come back again. But um, I love to say that too to like the kids, you know. The thing is, if Jesus were to stay here, just like when he was on earth, he was only in certain places at certain times. Only the people that were there could see him. But his gift of the Holy Spirit is he's everywhere with everyone all over the world at all the time. So this is like, it was, it was truly a, a, a gift that God gave us in taking Jesus back to heaven and sending the Holy Spirit. Um, but anyway, because of all that, because of God, uh, Jesus, and because of the Holy Spirit living in us, we can have a hope um, for sure of what the future is to come. That's part of this living hope. The living hope is that we know that Jesus is alive and what he's done for us. And forgiving our sins, but also that future hope, that time to come um, where we get to be with him in heaven and where everything becomes perfect. I, last time I spoke, that's what I spoke on, um, was being ready for this return and what that means. So we're not going to get into that right now, but that's that's something that we have to look forward to. That's our future hope, which Peter talks about a lot. Um, here we go. First Peter. Um, <clears throat> oh, no, I'm going to the next one, Christ. Yeah. As we continue to read, 6 to 9, it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So as we continue in this passage, we see Peter is telling the believers to rejoice in this future hope, this hope that we have to come. Um, that even though they're suffering. Now, if you know about 1 Peter, um, Peter is writing to the early Christians. Um, they were being persecuted. They they were scattered, they were exiled, they were were being persecuted. And so, 1 Peter, um, the whole, like all the chapters, are talking about suffering well and and, and suffering. Um, And so Peter is encouraging them to not just be caught up in what they're going through. He's he's talking about this living hope and the future hope that is to come. Um, So he's telling them that through their trials, that they're... Uh, that they can prove that their faith is true. We can all think of times in our lives, or or you see it in other people, where where something happens and everybody gets excited and everybody seems to be committed to it, but then as obstacles come, as trials come, as opposition comes, you kind of get to see who's really committed and who's not. And that's kind of what Peter's saying here. Like, they have the chance to prove their faith. The genuineness of their faith and how they suffer and how they have hope, um, what they do with this hope, and so um, whenever Peter talks about um, the the gold, now he's not in here. He's saying that your genuine faith is worth more than gold, worth more than than money. It's worth more than anything. Is your genuine faith in Christ? In um, Christ. But just the way he said that made me start to think. Uh, the refining process, and I know there's other places in Scripture where um, they do use that that uh, illustration of of being refined in the fire, and so um, I was brought me back to a few weeks ago, Pastor Betty had preached on on um, the vine, the branches in the vine. God's branches and we are the... I'm mean, sorry, God's line and we are the branches. But she talked about <laughs> at some point um, that there's pruning that needs to be done. There's things that need to get, get pruned. And so um, I was thinking about the refine, refining of gold. That process is kind of like that pruning process. Um, if you know <clears throat> anything about the process of refining gold, uh, gold starts out when they find it, when they mine it or they dig it when they find it, It's not the gold that we think, it's not those pretty gold bars, it's not the gold jewelry. It can be dirty, it can be messy, it it doesn't really look like gold. But then, they take it, um, and they put it in the the jar there you see in the fire, uh, what's called a crucible, they put it in that, um, and then it gets heated up, heated up in the fire, and the hotter it gets, everything melts, and then the impurities will melt off. Now, the pure the gold, the more times it goes through the refining process. So it might need to go back even, you know, five, six, seven times in the fire before it comes out to be a real pure gold. Um, And this fire, I mean, this is like, they say they heat it up to anywhere between like 1,500 to 2,000 degrees to get boiling to get their impurities off. Um, And so I think of that in mind of like the pruning process. You know, neither is fun. (laughs) Neither is something easy or fun or something that we want to go through, but it's something that's necessary for us to be either fruitful, bear fruit, or for us to become more pure. Um, And so, yeah, as these Christians are going through their suffering, I think Peter's trying to to point out this here. Um, You know, if you're in the time of trials and testing and suffering right now, don't give up hope. Don't lose hope. Don't, you know, just give up, give in. Remember that this is only for a time and that we have a living hope and a hope of things to come. Um, as we continue in the first chapter of Peter, we see Peter tell the believers how they should be living. So let's read verses 13 to 21. It says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed that coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed, from the empty way of life handed down from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in his last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now this is some really good stuff. <laughs> um, you know, <clears throat> we we the Church of the Mandarin is a holiness denomination. Um, the Church in Na actually is one of the largest holiness denominations in the world um, and we get to be part of that so that's pretty cool. Um, but as being a holiness denomination this is this is part of, of what we're talking about here. you know um, we need to uh, be alert, fully sober, set our minds on what God has done for us and what He is doing for us. you know we, we can't take for granted. Um, the sacrifice that Christ made. His sacrifice is huge. You know, someone with no sin taking on the sin of the world so that we can have a right relationship with God, it's huge. Um, But, what are we supposed to be doing while we're waiting? It says, you know, (laughs) we're not supposed to be out doing anything and everything that we please. Peter is telling us here, that if we are God's children, we can't keep living the way we used to. Um, Or as he says, conforming to the evil desires that we had before. This, his talk here, the way he's speaking, um, reminds me of Paul's writing, uh, where over and over he tells the believers they can't remain sinning. Um, I'm not going to take time to read it all to you, but I would highly suggest reading Romans, um, and Romans 6 specifically, Paul talks about, it says, you know, uh, if we're in Christ and we're dead to sin, we shouldn't continue to live as one who doesn't know Christ. Um, so, in this refining period, this year, heating up, uh, it's it's a time that's needed to get rid of the impurities in our lives, so that we can become pure or holy. Um, whenever I was preparing for, for this sermon, uh, I was looking up different verses on hope, and it, talking about um, Jesus' death and resurrection And that hope um, And the salvation that it brings to us But there was a theme The theme was this this living hope This hope that we have This future hope that we have And also, a lot of times It, it went hand in hand with holy living um, Most verses talk about how we should live our lives To represent God And that doesn't involve living a sinful life um, Next slide, Grace Um, you know, Peter says it, he says we are to be holy as God is holy. Now to some this might sound like an impossible task. Um, But I want to say this um, as we talked before, God doesn't lie, right? And God doesn't set us up for failure. And so if God tells us to be holy as he is holy, it is something that we can do. Now (laughs) we can't do it on our own, and that's the great thing about God. God knows us; He made us, He created us, and He knows our our tendencies. He knows everything about us, and so He knows that we can't do this on our own. This is not something that I can just say today. Okay, I know I'm supposed to be holy, so I'm going to be holy from now on. That's not going to work. Um, but He didn't. He didn't just leave us here on our own. He gave us the Holy Spirit, and we have through the Holy Spirit that same power that is living in us that raised Jesus from the dead and I think that same power then can help us to lead a life pleasing to God. Um, in Titus, Paul writes for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright lives in this present age. While we wait for this blessed hope The appearance and the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. That's basically what I just said in a nutshell. That's pretty pretty obvious here. But you know, when I read this, the words and the terminology automatically makes me think of Galatians 5. 22-25 22-25 to 25, Which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Um. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I ended up with COVID. And it just happened to be the day I tested positive was literally the day, my first day of my vacation. Um, The only week I took off this year. So it was the first day of my vacation, which was also the day before our week long family, Blanchard family camping trip, which again is planned like a year in advance. Um, And so, um, Ryan and Bryce didn't get it. They're living at home. Ryan and Bryce didn't get it, um, but so they got to go on a camping trip. So I was left home alone for most of the week. Um, but I was I was pretty sick. I was flat out. I couldn't do anything for. I didn't even start to feel better until about the sixth day. I could actually get up and, and around and do a few things. Um, but I was just laid out um, during that time. Um, I spent time, as I was, I couldn't really do anything else on the couch. I was watching a lot of different sermon series, um, things i had missed or wanted to see. Um, spent a lot of time on YouTube. Found some new Christian YouTube shows that I found very helpful and beneficial and encouraging during that time. Um, but one of the sermon series that I watched during that time um, was from the church that we with, with, um, King's Church. And it was talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor Brent said at one point that when we hear talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we think, okay, um, so I need more joy. So this week, I'm going to be more joyful. And we just assume that that we can choose that and do that, and and that's what's going to happen. But the truth, kind of what I said before, is, you know, on our own... (coughs) Maybe we can focus on one thing, but we can't grow all of them. Like, you know, you can be intentional and choose certain things, but, you know, overall, we just don't have it in us to, to make ourselves be able to display all these fruits of the Spirit. Um, we need the Holy Spirit. And I thought it was interesting because one thing he did say was, instead of praying for more joy or more patience, or praying for a specific fruit, don't do that. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit in general. Ask for him to fill you, and through that, all of these things will be cultivated. Um, and not focusing on specifically anything, just focusing on um, being filled with the Spirit. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I was thinking about this, and and. uh one of my favorite scriptures, Pastor Betty actually preached on it uh, just a little bit ago. Whenever she was talking about Jesus saying, "You know, if you want to be my disciples, you need to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me." Um, and and in that, you know, kind of what we already just talked about about the sinning and 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 this is the the denying ourselves, the crucifying our flesh, the surrender. When we the more we do that, the more room. The Holy Spirit has to fill us. The less we're full of ourselves, the more room we have for the Spirit to move in us. Um, so we want more of the Spirit. You know, that saying, less of me, more of you, God, that's exactly what we need to be praying as believers um, in this time. We need more of Him, and less of us. And so, um, you know, out of the Holy Spirit comes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, those are things that that we want. Those are things that we need to to be um, exemplifying as Christians, as believers. It's kind of like our milk mustache. You know, in the God melting, the people that drank milk had a milk mustache. This is what... This is our, um, you can put the next slide up. Yeah, this is what our display of hope is, is the fruit of the Spirit. If people can see these things in us, that's the outward display of the Spirit. So when people look at us, they know we have hope. They know that there's something different about us. Now, I did find this interesting here, uh, that I I said already, but this is kind of interesting. They only hired celebrities that were actual milk drinkers. So that it was authentic. And you can't read the words, but there's a little bit of, of words there that they give a fact. Sometimes it's, it's the people's milk story. They'll say, you know, how often they drink milk or what's their reason for drinking milk. It's kind of like their milk testimony, um, sort of. Anyway, if you keep going in 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This verse here tells us that we need to know what we believe and why we believe it, and then if people ask us, and hopefully they will, because they see hope in you. Um, you know, they're going to come to you and ask you what, why you're the way you are, and you need to be able to give a reason. Um, for what your hope is, and and like I said, that's that's our testimony. That's our what we believe. Um, now, it's interesting because um, this verse here is particularly special to me. Um, when I was in high school, I literally had I had like the perfect Christian uh, moment. What what we what we should be wanting anyway. I had this girl come up with me, she'd been in some of my classes throughout whatever. We're not like good friends or anything, but we're acquaintances, I know her. She comes up to me out of the blue and just, outright says, What do you believe? <laughs> and I was just like panicked and, you know, I bumbled an answer out. <laughs> but that struck me. That struck me, and I found this first right after that. And I put it on the front cover of every single one of my, my subject notebooks. I had this this verse. So this kind of became, like, to me, I needed to know what I believed. If if, if ever I got that chance again, I wanted to be able to give a good answer. I wanted to know what I believed, and hopefully, um, through that, maybe someone else's life would be changed. And so I think it is important for us to know um, what we believe. Um, and in that... Um, The very first time that I know that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you may have heard this before in my testimony. Um, but this was an integral part of my life. Um, and this kind of comes from this here. So, um, I grew up in this church. Um, I used to see some specials in this church. They might not have been great, but that's okay. Um, it was the heart behind them. Anyway, um, but there was, it was right at this time, um, that I was trying to figure out exactly what I believe. And if you know, um, you want to, yeah, this Carmen was uh, a very talented musician. He could do basically any genre. He had some extremely powerful songs. And um, I picked one of his songs to sing, and it was called um, I Will Serve the Lord. If you want to be able to explain what you believe, don't listen to that song. You don't even have to listen to the song. Just read his lyrics. They're kind of like the Apostles Creed, you know. And it tells you. It, it says like, "I believe," you know. I, it just it goes through everything um, that I believe. And so I picked this song to sing, and I was like, okay. Um, And so I'm home alone, and I'm practicing this song, and I'm singing it, and then I sing it again. And the more I sang it, the more I just belted it out. Um, the more it became like an anthem or a prayer for me. And all of a sudden, well, I'm going to tell you what the, the lyrics are. So the chorus says, I have made my decision, I have staked my plan, I have drawn a line in the sand, and I'll not be ashamed. With the world behind me and the cross before, by the grace of God, I will serve the Lord. And then um, it builds up. It builds up, and the, the like real uh, powerful part says, and I know when Satan and his minions come to torment me, when I invoke the name of Jesus, and every demon has to flee. I know the time will come when Christ returns again someday. Then I'll just do one name on earth. Till then there's just one name on earth whereby men can be saved. And then it goes back into I made my decision, I stayed my life. And um, I just remember this this feeling, this um, just this warm. And it just went from the top of my head right down to the tips of my toes, and in that moment, I was changed. I mean, I spent time just, you know, crying and praying, and it was just a true surrender. It was that time where I just give up me and let Christ fill me, and I mean, when I say I was changed, I mean, like, everything changed, um, even, like, looking outside. Things just looked brighter. Colors were better. Everything was more beautiful, and I had more peace, more patience, more kindness. Um, You know, it was just, yeah, it was just unbelievable. Because, I mean, I had been a Christian for about five years, and I knew I was saved, but I didn't have a peace. I was always scared that maybe I messed up, that I wasn't. I just, there was a lot of struggle. I wasn't nearly as bad as I was before I met Christ, but I still made choices that I knew God would be okay with. Like, they weren't bad but it was still sin. And so I had this struggle for five years. And then this, in this moment, that that changed. Now, um, being filled with the Spirit is not a one and done thing. Now, that was that entire moment in my life where, where uh, there was a big change for me. But over time, whether it's like I'm pouring out in ministry um, and where I just end up feeling kind of dry or burnt out, I need a new filling of the spirit. Or, you know, uh, maybe you're going through some trials and some testing, and it's just you just need a fresh and filling of the spirit. Um, or maybe I know with myself, sometimes there's times where I'm not putting anything bad in my head, but I'm not putting anything helpful. Maybe I'm spending my evenings just watching TV or you know reading Christian fiction books, but it's really not. Beneficial. It's not anything that's actually helping me. And then I find myself feeling kind of, well, I, I notice myself start to become very impatient or start to get, you know, angered easily. And I realize I need a fresh touch from the Spirit, you know, because those aren't of the Spirit. Like patience, kindness, like gentleness, you know, all of that is from the Spirit. So when I see my life to start to, I see myself start to, um, Show things that aren't those, then I know I need a fresh touch from the Spirit. Um, it was interesting because in that sermon that I was watching on being filled with the Spirit, um, Brent Pastor Brent said that your experience with the Spirit, everybody's is different. Um, for some people, it's like a flash flood, you know. And that's kind of what I felt like my first experience was. It was a very tangible experience, um, and and like some people, you know, maybe. I'm sure a lot of you have seen different people's expressions of being dealt with the Spirit. Not everybody's is the same. He said, it can be a flash flood, or it can be like a rising tide. We're just slowly, all of a sudden then you realize that i have been filled over a period of time, all of a sudden you're like, you know, thank you, Lord, I realized that I've, I've changed. Um, yeah, so, but he, he explained it like this for himself. He said, he finds himself, in his life, when he gets filled with the Spirit, then God takes him on a stretching period, and then all of a sudden he realizes he needs to be filled with the Spirit again, and then God stretches him. That's kind of the way he sees it. Um, but what we're talking about today, so with the hope and with the Spirit and with godly living, you know, where are you? Do people see um, Christ in you? Do they see the through the Spirit? Do they see a godlike person? Um Will they? Would they ask you if you got hope? Um, in First Peter one twenty two says, "Now that you've pur- purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for one another, deeply from the heart." Okay, this is something else that goes with it. Um, it's there's there's um, our hope, our living hope, our future hope. There's this godly living. And then there's this here. Um, do you have a sincere love for one another, and love one another deeply from the heart? In Colossians 1, to 3-6, it says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love spring from the hope stored up in you in heaven, and about which, which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel, that was that has come to you in the same way. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Um, whenever we, you know, are saved through Jesus, our living hope, and walk in holiness, um, we should have a true, deep love for one another, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so, how are we doing on this here? I heard one preacher say that First uh, Peter um, is the themes are uh, hope, holiness, and harmony. So, how are we doing on that last part? Do we love the people in this church? Do we care about what's going on in our brother and sisters' lives? Do we mourn with those who mourn? Do we rejoice with those who rejoice? Do we get excited when we see people come to Christ? Do we come alongside them and help them in their newfound faith? Now, First Corinthians, of course, if we're talking about love. My mind went to First Corinthians, which is called the love chapter. We hear this read at weddings, um, which is fine, but it wasn't actually written for a husband and wife love. This was actually written to believers. And so 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding wrong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over my body to hardship that I may boast. Do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, they will pass away. So, this love chapter. uh, Does this describe the way we love each other? Again, we're seeing some of these words that describe the fruit of the Spirit. And in some ways, it's only through living a Spirit-filled life that we can love the way that we're supposed to. Uh, We need to crucify or surrender the way The desires of the flesh. Um, You know, right here we see what love is not. It's not self seeking. Um, It's not proud. It's easily angered. It doesn't envy. You know, those are things of the sinful nature. Those are things of the flesh. The desires of the flesh. Um, But when we look at what love is, it's patient, it's kind, it rejoices in truth, it protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. This sounds like a spirit filled kind of love. And that's what we're called to as those who have been saved through our living hope into a spirit-filled life that's lived out um, in love with God's people. And as I come to a close here, uh, the worship team can come, but I just want to ask us, do we, God, where are we at in our journey? Maybe you're here today and you know you don't have hope. You're feeling hopeless in this crazy world that we live in. And maybe you've never asked God to forgive your sins and give you a living hope. But you want this living hope. So if that's you, please come. Come and pray. Um, our altars are always open in this church. Um, maybe you're suffering all kinds of grief and trials. And are in that fire being refined. And you need a fresh filling of the Spirit so that you can come out purified. If that's you, please come. Maybe you've already taken a step to give your life to Christ, but you've never fully surrendered. And you want to live a life in the Spirit, a spiritual life. Come and ask for more of Him. The amazing thing about God is, of course He wants to give us more of Him. We ask for more of Him. He's going to give it to us. Um, We just need to deny ourselves enough to make room for Him to come and give us all He can give us of Him. Um, Maybe you've been living the spirit-filled life but you're starting to see things creeping back in. Or you're just feeling empty or dry and you know you need more of Him. You need a fresh touch. That's you. Come. Maybe you're here and you thought you were doing all right, but now you know you haven't been loving your brothers and sisters in Christ like God calls us to love them. Maybe you're holding a grudge or maybe you have walls up that you don't want anybody too close because you might get hurt. If that's you today please come. Let God fill you with the Spirit and help you to love others and love this church. So please, as the Spirit meets,